Welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow. This is a moving river podcast hosted by multifaceted entrepreneur and transformational coach Bia Marie Anin. In this podcast, we want to help you discover the concept of flow and show you ways to get into flow and how you can keep your life flowy. Hello, 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 and welcome to 52 Weeks of Flow, where we talk about all aspects of flow in our lives, how to create it, how to maintain it, and how to access it whenever we want. If you like to support the show and learn more about what we do at Moving River, you can check out our website, www.movingriver.com, or check out www.superwoman.coach for our Superwoman training and circle. You can also find us on Instagram at moving underscore river, or you can find us here, right here, right now. How convenient, right? I'm your host, Bea Marie Anin, and today I have a very, very special treat for you. My guest today started out as a highly stressed and overworked New Yorker originally pursuing a career in fashion. After years of overworking her body and mind, she decided to feed her soul with the world of food. Moving from New York City to Austin for a restaurant consulting position, she soon met her soulmate, aka now husband, who shed some light on the choices she made with her fork and the responsibility she has to be as an influencer in the kitchen. Attending the Matthew Kenney Culinary School in Los Angeles opened her eyes to the versatility of plants and the potential that plant-based living offers. She started focusing on being a solid plant-based cook simply because she wanted people to experience the incredible versatility and explosive flavors one can taste from this Earth's flora. She attended the Wildflower Herb School by Nicole Telk with a desire to create approachable food with restorative and or adaptogenic properties. She is a plant-based cook, herbalist, and the current chef at Authentic Living Heartland Center for the Spiritual Activator and Manifest with Mandy. I know her as Chef Nikki. That's why I hope I do not butcher your name completely. So welcome, Nicole Castagneto. And we are here on 52 Weeks of Flow. So my question, first of all, is how would you define flow when it comes to nutrition and food? Hmm. So flow, um, I kind of look at it as, I kind of actually look at it more than just food in general. Um, when I look at food, I'm looking at flow as in how your body is actually um I guess, essentially how your body is aligned at the moment, um, how your nervous system is acting, uh, how your digestive system, because food, if anything, can actually be really limiting depending on where you're at. Um, as far as I like to say the nerve, like basically where your nervous system state is at, at that current point. So I could say flow is a style of food flow. If I'm going to say food, anything to do with flow, it's going to be flow of the seasons. So really paying attention to the seasons, paying attention to what's going on in our body during different seasons. Um, right now we're kind of going through spring or I live in Colorado. So clearly, <laughs> clearly it's confused because it just snowed yesterday and it's May, <laughs> but Technically, we're supposed to be in the time of spring, which would be, it would be like kind of like a different cycle, right? So a lot of green things are popping up, right? Think of green as like bitter. So it's a season of bitter. Um, it's a season of pungency to kind of stimulate. Um, you've been kind of in hibernation mode, essentially, or holding on to things when we're in winter state. So that spring energy is like, it's just a different shift or a different flow of the seasons. Um, so you're dealing with different things kind of coming up. And I do think Mother Nature kind of allows plants and herbal medicine as well as food to kind of flourish in the times that we need it. So prime example, you tend to have um, spring kind of tends to have a lot more mucus in the chest cavity. Um, you can kind of get a little bit more nasally, get a little bit more of that drip, that allergen um, effect. So people really kind of get attacked by the allergies of the season. Yeah. 
And um, a lot of those early blooming plants, so you get a lot of nettles right now, which are great for helping and alleviating issues with seasonal allergens. Um, You're going to get mullein that's just kind of starting to come up, which I love, which is a fantastic respiratory herb that really helps to kind of open up the respiratory system. Um, So, you know, you can get, we have like right now in our garden, I have a bunch of peppermint kind of flourishing, which is really diffusive and it gets things moving things that think of like diffusive action of stuff going in and just breaking things up. Um, foods, you're getting a lot of bitter greens and baby bitter greens, you know, some dandelion greens coming up, really those flushing herbs, those herbs that are going to move stagnation. So when I think of flow, I really with food, I'm thinking, um, one, how the body is currently to be able to receive the food, right? So what is is it current state? um, And how is that energetically flowing, as well as a seasonal perspective? Wonderful. And you already said the word gut health. And I, mm-hmm. and I think like for me, gut health uh, is almost everything in the body. If your gut is not mm-hmm. healthy, then. But how would can you speak a little bit about the connection of gut health and like overall well being through, you know, her, herbalism, her herbs <laughs> and nutrition? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like gut health gets really complicated. Um, especially when you're just like gut health general, right? Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things that I think is really, I wish the education system really provided this more, was really learning to analyze where our body is and our gut tissue state, essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can read that. Our body tells us everything we really need to know. Um, And, you know, sometimes they'll say the way that things show up on your skin is kind of what's going on in your body as well. And um, it's not always true, but in certain scenarios, especially reading the face, um, you'll see that. Or when people start to get eczema, there's certain things that are really telling you there's stuff going on in your body. So, you know, like that blanketed statement, everyone's just like, when we don't really know what to call it, it's just IBS, right? And 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 it's very real. I, IBS is, you know, irritable syndrome. So irritation in that gut tissue. So it's really learning to kind of analyze our gut um, and what's happening. And if our gut isn't functioning optimally, then it's going to affect basically that central nervous system, that connectivity. Um, Once you've gotten to a point, let's say that you're at a point of leaky gut, uh, which is very common at this point because of all the pesticides that we've been utilizing, uh, processed foods, things along those lines that have really kind of jacked our guts up. And we've been dealing with our gut tissue health really as instead of dealing it, like dealing with our nervous system, right. And really trying to analyze what's going on in it. We've been dealing with it very symptom oriented and that has over long-term, you know, stress on the gut has now caused more severe and chronic issues and leaky gut being one of those, which usually in leaky gut issues, you'll find that there is a, um, I kind of always think of it as like that mom that's overworked or anyone like, you know, the, 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 the person studying for their college exams, you're like, so super stressed. You're going like a thousand miles an hour, right? Your gut's like going crazy. It's trying to digest. It's getting inflamed. You've got lymph nodes in your gut system, right? In your gut. And those things are getting inflamed because you're giving it a bunch of different foods that it doesn't know how to process. And it's like, I don't know, bacteria, virus. Um, and it's trying to, the lymph is just like ah, going crazy, right? So it's just inflaming. And what happens when that happens is kind of like eventually your gut brain connection kind of ends up falling apart. And I mean the actual gut brain, not the gut to our mind. When that gut brain kind of is off. It's so overwhelmed that think of it, like I said, that overworked individual where they're just kind of throwing answers at you. Like you go to that person and you're like, Hey, how do you do this? And they just need to get rid of you because they got to move on to the next problem. So (laughs) they just kind of like, they're like, I don't know, just try this. And it's totally wrong. If they took a moment to think, they would have told you something else. Your gut is functioning in that same state. It's very much like, Uh, I don't know, like go that way. And it's like, well, no, you should have gone to the right side of the body, but it went to the left side of the body. And so things are showing up kind of all over the place. Um, You know, we require a lot of our culture. um, I like to kind of give this example because I think it's for a lot of people. We're all very stressed, right? So when we're super stressed, um, we're in that, like that basically that fight or flight state. And a lot of us live in that fight or flight state on a daily basis. I'm like one of those people that has to be very conscious of that. 
Um, I have that, like, I guess they say like ADD personality, right? Um, that very like, you know, bubbly air type of energy. And with that, I tend to breathe very shallow. If you breathe like this, right, and you're only breathing from the upper part of your your chest, you're essentially not really breathing all the way. You're not breathing all the way through the body. So a fun kind of experiment is if you go like this, you'll notice your shoulders kind of, they kind of shrug a bit. When you go like this, you notice your gut kind of goes essentially like this. Your gut's a muscle. If your gut is like this and it's kind of in spasm, which is kind of a wind effect, they call it like wind in the gut, which means it's something that you can change very easily, but it's stressing the gut. When you're digesting food, what's going to happen? Well, first of all, you don't have the blood flow. So you don't, blood is necessary for proper digestion. It's also like great circulation is very necessary for brain, you know, to relieve brain fog and, you know, proper mental state. Um, But when your gut is like this and basically the blood is going everywhere else in your body because it's in fight or flight and it's not digesting properly and then your gut's a muscle. So it's right in spasm. Food's just basically not going to digest. It's going to sit on the top. Um, you're going to get constipation. You're going, your food's going to sit there and start to slowly ferment, creating gas that's eventually over periods of time of undigested food and chronic constipation, you're going to develop pretty much what I call kind of like it's um, boggy water in the gut. It's like, it's very loose tissue. Um, It's developed a lot of like fermentation in there. You have infection. Eventually that can lead to parasit, like parasitic environments. Um, But you know, it's got holes in it because of the bacteria. The bacteria is leaking, leaky gut. You really need to tighten, tone and heal. And that whole connection, just if that brain and that gut isn't connecting, you know, to your central nervous system, it's all super interconnected, you know, you're going to develop brain fog. Like it's, it doesn't know quite where to go and what to fix because it is completely stressed and frazzled. That's so that was like kind a of a of long, that was a long winded answer. Um, I hope that made sense. It, it <laughs> did. It did. And it just, uh, when you were talking, I was just like, Oh, Ooh, ah, no, I don't want that. I don't want yeah. that. So yeah. then the question, how do we connect our gut and our mind and our nervous system? How how do we release stress if we have a really stressful job? If we have a, you know, if we have kids, if we have stuff to do all the time. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things that I really love when we're talking about um basically nervine and like the nervous system in general is, you know, we, I mean, there's a lot of things out there that right now everyone is using to really calm their nervous system, but really we want to get into practices. Um, of course we've heard meditation is fantastic. I've just recently really got, you know, dove deep into meditation, but it took me like four years. I was like, I am not a meditator. So it's, it's not just meditation. It's not just doing yoga right? Um, It's finding what it is for you that can connect you. Um, And I really like, you have to try different things. Um, If you kind of have a little bit more of a scattered mind, how can you connect? Um, Tea ceremony. Tea ceremony is one of my absolute favorites. You should look into it. There's a company called um, Living Tea. They used to own a tea house called Mountain Gate. And it's amazing. I know like most areas have... um, maybe a tea ceremony location, but I'm just going to go based off of a company that I know that does beautiful ones. Um, And it's basically, it's a mindful type of meditation. So you're sitting and you're burning an incense and I'm, I do it, you know, you could do it for an hour and a half. When I do it for myself, when I was really trying to get into a calming practice, I wake up in the morning and I go and do my tea ceremony. I use a really high quality tea. I'm not going to get into a whole storyline about tea and the history of tea. Um, You can look that up. (laughs) But for me, it was, you know, heating the water and putting it in the pot and doing it in a circle and, you know, really waiting on the moment to breathe through it and celebrating the plant and then pouring it and then sipping it. And the whole practice is very, it's just a beautiful ritual, but it's so, especially for those that are like maybe a little bit more ADD. Mm -hmm. Um, type personality, or maybe you've got long-term stress. So you have that real oxidated stress. You have that 
really long-term, like I've been stressed for 30 years. I can't just sit. It's almost dangerous where my mind goes. Um, so things that are very movement oriented. So those, um, it's beautiful right now. We're in spring getting that sun, you know, on your skin, on your face, that morning light, um, really that very important. So you can do things like a walking meditation. I find those super helpful. It breaks it up. So it doesn't feel just like you're sitting in one place you're kind of doing. So if you kind of have that nervousness, you'll see people when they have so much stress in their body, they almost kind of start to like involuntarily shake. Um, that's just long-term stress in the body and sitting for a meditation isn't usually as practical. Um, I really like morning check-ins. You can do that with journaling, waking up, taking three big deep breaths and being like, I'm not going to get out of bed until I have something positive to say. You don't even have to say something positive about yourself. It could essentially just be like, I love my family. You know, I love my daughter. Um, whatever it is, just something to be grateful for. It looks sunny outside, whatever that is. Cause it's just that morning is so essential. I believe in really dictating the rest of the day and how your day is going to go. I don't know if you've ever noticed, but when you like wake up and you're frantic, like mm. how many times have you done that? And the rest of your day just kind of goes like that, Absolutely. you know? So it's, it's really important. Um, I, I believe, um, breath work, taking a moment to really connect to your breath. I know you probably talk a lot about that and there's different types of healing breath. Um, I'm not a breath work specialist, but I do a lot of breath work with others and just the way that it really calms the nervous system. Breath is so vital and so important, right? So when we're breathing and we're slow and we're calm, we're in what we call the state of rest and digest. Right. But if you're in fight or flight, you're not in rest or digest. Your blood's going everywhere else and it's ready to like push a car and save a life. <laughs> you know, it's not like ready to eat. That's why sometimes when people are running, they'll be like, oh my gosh, I can run like 30 miles. You'll see athletes, I can run like long distance. And people that do ultras, they don't really get hungry. They usually do the gels or liquids and things. They're not really hungry. I mean, my husband will do like 110 mile marathons or ultras and he's not really eating very much. He's getting nutrients like soups and stuff like that, but your body is in fight or flight. You know, it's in this like energized state. It's in survival mode as a whole. Um, but then when he's done and like, you know, he's collapsed, he's like super hungry, super, everything just kicks in because it's rest and digest state. You know, your body's like, okay, it's time. So really kind of connecting to that breath is really going to help to make sure that you're in rest and digest so that you are not causing just chronic inflammation and, you know, your food sitting there fermenting and causing other issues. Um, herbal baths are a really big one. I love if you're someone that enjoys a bath, turn it into an herbal bath. Mm -hmm. um, I say what you do on the outside, you can do on the inside. And, um, you know, really, um, Epsom salt in a bath is really what is the most restorative part of the bath. So I always say it's about two cups of Epsom salt, and then I'll brew like a really big pot of, um, kind of an herbal blend. And then that blend, I'll steep it for about 20 minutes, make myself a little cup, go and sit in the bathtub and really just kind of reconnect to myself. And it's amazing how much just taking that 10, 20 minutes um, in the bath can just allow you to sleep and rest better, better. You know, do you, do you also pour, sorry that I'm interrupting, but so no, no, no. You, uh, by the way, interrupt at any point. <laughs> so you, you I can drink. get real excited. You drink from the brew, but you also pour the brew into the bathtub? I do. So, I mean, do you want me to show you? Have you you've used the hug in a cup, correct? Oh, I love the hug in a cup. So mm -hmm. everybody who's watching this, who's listening to this, I've uh, been on this wonderful retreat uh, in March where I met Nikki personally for the first time. And she was just, the food was incredible. Like everything that she talked about was like mind blowing. And she prepared those like little, yeah, herbal blends. And she prepared, um, what, um, a, like a soup, uh, um, a broth every morning. Mm -hmm. And I have, I felt so healthy. I felt so cleansed, uh, after that <laughs> week. Um, when I came home, I was like, Oh God, I cannot keep this up. I need somebody to do that for me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and it's, it's, um, I feel like you can like, we make it very complicated, but it's mm -hmm. like adding little things. So it's like, 
you're not going to calm your nervous system if you're trying to do 30 things. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. So I'm like, okay, tackle your morning, right? Then tackle maybe your afternoon or your evening and then, you know, go into other parts. But when you're like, I mean, I really sympathize when people are like, okay, I'm going to make myself healthy and I'm going to start doing this and I'm going to start doing that. And I'm like, so you've got like 10 new things that you're doing. You know, you're going to stress yourself out. And then you feel like if you didn't do two of them that you just let your whole self down, you know, mm-hmm. and then things start to kind of just fall apart. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I love like when I do the baths, um, I try to do things that are very heart connecting. So we have that one, we have that product line. It's, um, the Heartland Brews and one's a hug in a cup. So it's like I said, you doing something on the outside that's good on the inside. So internally, you know, um, saffron, I use saffron. Saffron is a fantastic, um, I don't want to say it's an antidepressant, but in, it has studies that are being done that shows that it helps with feelings of depression. Um, you know, you have rose, get yourself some beautiful rose. That's the highest frequency to love, you know, and connectivity, both of those topically saffron's been, um, Alexander the great actually used to bathe his wounds in saffron, um, to help to, um, the healing process. Right. So rose really helps to bring in moisture, especially hold moisture in the skin and bring moisture from the outside into the skin. Um, really high again for vitamin C, all these other great nutrients, but, you know, really coming up with these nice calming, I always say throw a Nervine in any blend that you do. So lemon balm, again, very soothing to the skin, but then internally, um, a very gentle Nervine that really helps with calming and unwinding in a very gentle way. Um, so just finding those and then brewing them. And then as well, you're smelling it, your skin's taking it on and feeling great and satisfied and you're in a relaxation state. And then you're drinking the same thing. It's like, you're just kind of like, you're basically hugging yourself in the bathtub. You know, Mm. it's, it's just a really beautiful ceremony. And again, great for those that have a very wandering mind. So yeah, herbal baths. And then the other one I really highly recommend for the nervous system is tackling your morning breakfast. Um, I feel like, and that's not even herbal based, you know, I do recommend like one of my favorites is either a bone or a veggie broth in the morning. It's very easy to digest. And if you do it for a long simmer or you steep overnight, like I kind of do it like this, look, I brought examples. How great. (laughs) So I'll do like a quarter cup of my, like basically herbs that are great for my nervous system. Um, nervine tonics, which are ones that strengthen um, and support the nervous system. And then I'll do nutritive herbs because tends when our nervous system is kind of overworked, our adrenals are getting overworked and then we tend to lose a lot of nutrients. That's why people will be like, oh, I take calm or a magnesium supplement to go to bed at night. Well, mm-hmm. you know, magnesium is one of the big, you know, um, components that your adrenals use. So you need to replenish that. Um, and so getting those ris- really easily absorbable nutrients um, is great to do with herbal brews. And so I'll do it in my broth. I'll take the morning before I'll put about a quarter cup to a half a cup of, um, herb, and then I'll pour my hot broth over it. I'll like kind of pop it like this and put it in the fridge and it will just steep. And all those nutrients will really get extracted and you're going to get a more concentrated, um, nutritive morning broth. That's very easy to absorb, very calming. I like to put a little ghee, um, which is really fantastic for calming the nervous system, lubricating the nervous system. Um, our nervous system needs really good lubrication of really healthy and good fats. Um, and this is a great way to get that in. And also it helps with sugar cravings and not to eat something super unhealthy after, cause you tend to be super full by the time you're done. You're like, Oh, I don't need anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And for those people yeah. who don't like to have breakfast, you know, who don't like to chew mm-hmm. in the morning, this is a, a really, really good practice. Yeah. And if you're fasting, you can just, what I like about this is that you can just essentially come up with your own combo for like a broth or a healing broth. So something super nutritive. And if you want, we can touch base on some of those herbs, but um, something very nutritive and then something with something that's very like nervine um, protective and then some nervines to just help the nervous system that's already slightly agitated. And you can do that in water. You know, I'd add maybe some like dried carrot, dried garlic, dried onion, something along those lines to give it more of that savory feel that feels very satisfying. Um, but you don't 
have to do, you know, I know for some people they're like very strict on breaking their fast. So they're like, I can't do any broth. So just do it with water. And at least you're getting something in your body and it will feel more satisfied. You'll find that you're not as hungry because you have all these really available nutrients that your body's like, okay, cool. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yes, let's touch on those Nervines. Yeah. So, um, it's when we're thinking of nervines, I mean, are you familiar with nervines? Like if someone was like, what is a nervine? I could not explain it now. Okay. So, um, nervines are essentially in different categories of something that is calming. Um, it can be settling, it can be a sedative, um, it can almost be euphoric sometimes like kava. Um, but it is something that is calming to the nervous system. Nervine tonics tend to be strengthening, um, toning, and really they work a little bit more like to nourish the nervous system. So they're not necessarily always um, herbs that are sedatives or relaxants, but they're herbs that will strengthen the nervous system from a nutritive perspective, nervine tonics. So a couple of like my favorites, I've actually like jotted them down so I don't forget because I love to go on tangents. So like I said, interrupt me as you wish. Um, I love with nervines and I love with plants in particular, we get very used to putting things into like a category like, oh, okay, this is a calming plant. Well, not every plant works for everybody. Just like not every person likes every person, right? We don't all always get along and we don't always get along with plants or we've just put it for the wrong symptom. Um, chamomile. And this is the other big one. All of these are wonderful. 90% of the nervines out there are not going to help if you're like drinking a cup of chamomile tea while you're yelling at your kid and running out the door. Like that's just, that does not work. It doesn't work. I know people be like, well, I tried chamomile. And I'm like, well, what does your morning look like? And they describe their morning. And I'm like, well, I mean, plant medicine is, you know, and not plant medicine in a hallucinogenic way, but plant medicine, herbalism medicine is, you know, it's, it's plants. It's, it's a quieter medicine. Like it is something that you do have to like consciously. That's why it's not always my, I don't always say it's the number one thing I tell people to do. Usually I'm like, first line of defense, start breathing properly, you know, start getting some breath work in your life, stretch, things like that. Um, but chamomile, I love, but chamomile, um, it's a very gentle nervine. I kind of think of it as the, um, one for the bratty personality, kind of that spasm, like "Mm, I'm throwing a tantrum kind of, you don't know why you're really upset. You're just kind of being like a little bratty, you know? So chamomile is really great for that kind of, um, kind of moment. And sometimes we all have a moment when we're like, I'm definitely being a brat. Like I didn't need to kind of act that way. We just have that, you know, it's, it's okay. Be kind to ourselves, but chamomile is fantastic for that. That's why it's great for kids when they're going through these like crazy, like, you know, their, their brain is firing with all these new emotions and they're like, I don't know what to do with all of this. You know, chamomile is really great for that spasm that those kids can have. Um, that's why you'll see spasm when I say spasm colic, they'll use it for a lot of, for colic for children and super safe. Again, it is part of the ragweed family. So, um, it can, uh, cause allergens. So you kind of just want to be careful and make sure there's no allergy to it. But, um, chamomile is really great for that. Kava is a little stronger. Um, I would say that it's a little bit more like a relaxant. It is a social plant. I don't know if you've ever heard that like kava ceremonies before. No. Have you ever participate? So it's, um, people will kind of, they'll take kava and community. So instead of like going to a party and drinking, you know, kava was used in a lot of celebrations. Um, Definitely you'll find it in like, you know, areas like Hawaii, Polynesian culture, things along those lines. Um, But it's really great for people that have um, anxiety or like social anxiety, or like if you're going to go and do a speech and you're just, you know, you're freaking out about it. Um, at Kava is a fantastic plant for kind of just like bringing you down. Um, it's kind of breaks your, I think it just kind of like grounds your insecurities in a sense. Um, it, you, it is funny because for some people it can like super relax. So you have to kind of do it. Like I wouldn't recommend doing Kava for like going up and doing a public speech if you've never done it before. 
<laughs> and then all of a sudden you're like, hey. <laughs> What's up? Yo. What's up? It's so nice <laughs> to see you. Um, but it's really good for that. Um, it can be really good as well for emotional headaches. So if you're doing a lot of energetic work, that kind of stuff, you're doing a lot of energy, energy work and you're dealing with trauma, right? And that trauma is coming up and it's kind of causing like hysteria, anxiety. Kava is fantastic for kind of bringing you back. Headaches have a lot of different reasons of why you can have a headache. Um, but one being like maybe more of a trauma and emotional, you don't want to cause more stress, right? When you're already dealing with stress. So Kava is fantastic sometimes. Um, it's a great one to try if you're having an emotional kind of headache. Um, skull cap, skull cap is, and again, stop me at any point, you know, yeah. if you have want to go further on some of these, um, skull cap, I love, it's one of my absolute favorites. I have it in my bag at all times. It's really cool. Cause nature, a lot of times these plants will grow, um, in a shape that kind of tells you what it, it does. So skull cap, actually it's really beautiful purple flower and it almost kind of is shaped like a skull. So um, it's interesting because it's been used a lot in studies for PTSD and also for women after pregnancy for that almost PTSD mm-hmm. <laughs> or not almost it is, but um, so scutellaria, I really like for like the shallow breath um, kind of shallow breath breathers, which is like what we just talked about. If you're one of those people in hospitality or a high stress job and you breathe only from the upper part of your chest and you run around and you don't breathe in between, you know, you can see that and that really stresses your body out. And um, so if you get into that state, I'm always like, okay, take your skull cap out of your purse. It's very bitter. So I do use it in my broths, but I use very little. Um and I will just take tinctures of it like all day. If you're in traffic, skull cap. There you go. Just take a couple tinctures. You know, you're late for work. Take a couple. But make sure you breathe, you know, make sure you connect to that plant energy and that plant energetics. Um, it's really great for digestive stress in particular. It's also a bitter, extremely bitter. So again, when we were talking about your gut kind of being super tense and tight, it's a muscle, it's in that wind state. You kind of want to, you know, you want to relieve the stress. You want to allow yourself to digest properly. And if that's what's causing a lot of that stress in your gut, um, scutellaria skullcap is fantastic for that. Um, it has a lot of other great uses. If your child has ADD, hyperactive, um, that kind of personality, Skull, skull cap is again, really wonderful for that. I wouldn't give a kid a brewed cup of skull cap because they're going to hate you and probably not try brews again. <laughs> it really is so bitter, <laughs> but, um, tinctures are easy and you can always add them to like a little honey, you know, or you can make a cup of tea and then put a few drops in it and, um, connect to that plant. Okay. For um, somebody who has never, you know, been in touch with herbalism or herbs, how would you, how would you make a tincture? Um, I would say I wouldn't, uh, I always kind of measure on the side of don't make your own tinctures in the beginning. Um, you can, I think it's a beautiful way to connect to your plant, but, um, you know, grab yourself a book because there is like, if you're doing what they call the simpler's method means you're going out into the wild and you're picking a bunch of plants and you're putting it in kind of with your fist, stuffing it into a Mason jar. Right. Mm -hmm. And then pouring, pouring, whether it's alcohol, glyceride, vinegar, whatever it is over it, sealing it. And then, um, waiting a period of time for it to extract, whether it's two weeks to a month, sometimes it's a couple months, but there is like a formula to how you do it, especially if it's dried. And one big thing I always say to be conscious of, unless you're dealing with weeds, know what you're picking. You don't want people like your first time dealing with herbalism and you're going out and you're like, I think this is passion flower, you know, and then you're just picking all this plant, putting, you don't even know if you connect to that plant. You might make this whole container of plant medicine and you're like, okay, like not my thing, you know, and you just did all this effort. So I think for those beginning, um, I would avoid that direction immediately Um, if you want to really connect with plants right away, you can do fresh. So you can go and kind of like pick a a couple leaves, a couple petals and then steep it. And there is plant energy that exists, um, within that experience you, but I really just recommend go and purchase a really good high quality. And by all means, I can kind of give you a list of a few that I really enjoy, but, um, high quality, uh, tinctures and try out what you really resonate with first. 
That is what I would say first step because people go and they get excited to make tinctures and then it's not a tincture that really connects to them. It was just what they had in their garden. (laughs) And um, then it just sits on the counter and it becomes a waste, you know? So first figure out what it is you're trying to connect to, um, try it out, develop a relationship with that plant. And then it's also being conscious of plant medicine out in the wild because um, wild crafting is something that we really need to be conscious and aware of and respect. If you go to pick some plants like California poppies, or, um, you're going to go pick some skull caps, scutellaria. I used to forage that, um, in Austin, Texas, but if there's a little plot, that's only about this big, you don't want to just take all of that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you wait and you go and see if there's another plot. So there's a relationship you first need to build. Um, and I would say, Level one, if you really are interested in that, grab yourself a book. I think Rosemary Gladstar is fantastic for beginner herbalism, really giving you an idea and a very nutritive and safe relationship on how to make some of these fun tinctures um, or like herbal bites, you know, things that you can make at home. But really try to connect with plants first and figure out specifically what you want. Mm. That, that's a really, mm. really good advice because I think most of the time we want just a quick fix. Yeah. You no, know, we're like, okay, skull cup. She said, this is good for grounding and this is good for this. And I have this in my backyard and I'm just going to pour some alcohol on it. It's going to sit there and then I'm going to drink it. Totally. And then you're like, you do it once and you're like, eh, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, you know, then it's just sitting there. And then it also is demotivating for the future. Get yourself excited about a plant that you then want to do something and build something with. Yeah. You know, so. Okay. I've never looked at it that way, you know, to actually build a connection with, with the plant, with the herbs Mm -hmm. that I'm consuming. So this is a really, really good advice because, yeah, because most of the time we are really mindless about what we consume. It's like, oh yeah, veggies are good for me. So I'm just going to eat veggies. Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and then we also, we're not doing things with real purpose. And so Mm -hmm. when it's not done with like an intention, um, we tend to fall out of the practice, Yeah, you know? So I think that's a lot of times, like we're very instant gratification culture. We're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do this. This is a cleanse. Oh, this is, this is, um, a detox. This is the, like, you know, why do you want to do that one? How are you going to sustain, you know, that's the big thing. Like, you know, and I think we need a why the why is why is, is like really what keeps us to continue a practice or continue a journey, you know? Um, and if you can't figure out why you're doing something, you're, you don't really know what's working or what's not working. And that's why baby steps are so value, like so valuable and so important, you know, cause you get those like little rewards as you go, you know, when you do everything, you don't know what's working or what's not working. And they're like, oh, it didn't work. Well, you know, maybe you were overstressing yourself. Like people do a lot of times, one of the worst things, or not worst, but the biggest thing I see is when you want to cleanse, right? Or let's say you want to go on a diet, what do you do? You diet, you, you change your food, you go on a restrictive diet and you start going to hit classes for <laughs> CrossFit, right? Well, if you're coming from like a stressed job and you're super amped up when you're done with that and like for nine hours straight, you're breathing like this and you're talking like that and you're running around and you're angry at your boss and this person's doing this, then you're going to go and throw some like kettlebells and like throw some weights up in the air. And then I'm going to go home and I'm going to like, you know, eat these like small amount of calories and feel deficient. And, you know, it's, you're, you're literally attacking your nervous system. (laughs) You're like, your body is holding weight. It's going to hold, you know, tension, anxiety. You're not really going to solve the long-term problems going on or issues. Essentially you need, people need to chill out. (laughs) End of story. All right. Mic drop. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Yeah. But, um, and And and, and do more nutritive herbs. All right. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Um, yeah. So a couple of nutritive herbs. I'm not going to, I won't go too crazy, but I'll talk about my favorite. Um, one of my favorites and the easiest one in accessibility is um, oats, oats in general. So 
Milky oats, oat straw, absolutely in love with. Um, oat straw from a mineral perspective and nutritive perspective is super revitalizing. And what's interesting is that the nutrients, it tends to be high in like magnesium, um, iron, B vitamins, um, calcium, things along those lines are all nutrients we tend to be deficient in when we're overstressed our adrenals are overworking. That's, that's usually the nutrients that, you know, then it causes agitated sleep. So re like literally mineralizing, remineralizing your body on a day-to-day basis, you know, you're stressed out, you know, you're working on it, but you still need to get yourself the proper nutrients. And a lot of times, um, that's what, where people really kind of fall apart. Um, or, um, so oat straw, I almost went on a tangent. I'm not doing it. Um, (laughs) I was like, or if, nope, don't do it. Um, So oat straw is fantastic for that. Um, When I was in herb school, it was kind of like the joke. I was in Austin, Texas, and there's always traffic. So Mm -hmm. everyone on their way to like herb school, like in the hour traffic when it was only 10 minutes away, um, would just be sipping oat straw. (laughs) Because it it's really nourishing, super nourishing to the nervous system, which in turn is going to help with mind clarity. It's going to help with calming. Um, and so really, really like one of my absolute favorites, super affordable, very accessible is oat straw. Um, and you could, I, I drink it every single day. It's super nutritive. Um, and it's not one of those herbs where you have to be like a little careful of, um, of what you're taking or medicines or so forth. Um, the other one is milky oats, which is the tops of the oat straw. And in early season, you'll actually like, you can pick the tops right before the oat actually develops and you squeeze it and this like white pus kind of comes out and that's the milky, um, constituent. And that again is, um, a nervine protective. So it's going to not only strengthen the nervous system, but it's also going to protect the nervous system. So um, again, those suffering from extreme adrenal fatigue or just really nutrient deficient. Um, again, I really love milky oats and I actually do that more in a tincture. And to find a fresh tincture, you want to find someone that's doing it where basically when you shake the bottle, it should... Um, come like it should almost have like a cloudy green color to it and that is just a fantastic like you I I usually take that about twice a day so I put it right by the sink and I take a big full dropper in the morning and then I take a full dropper at night um it's really good for male libido so you know go wherever you want with that um (laughs) but those that's like one of my favorite um as far as um like affordable and easily accessible. The um, other one I really like is Gota Cola, and that really helps with like brain function. It's really great. Um, Gota Cola has been proven to like revitalize essentially the nervous system. So when we're talking about like, like, you know, brain fog or gut brain connection, we really want to nourish that nervous system and Gota Cola is fantastic for that. And it works more like an adaptogenic. Um, and there's plenty, uh, there's loads of others, but those are some really easily accessible ones that you can start with that don't really have any other side effects. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's loads of Nervine um, tonics and protective um, herbs that you can kind of just bring to your day to day, but that's a few. Yeah. Nettles, raspberry leaf. I mean, I could go on. And when, <laughs> when you were talking about oat straw and milky oats, oh, milky oats, I was like, oh, all the parents listen up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish like, you know, in some senses I'm like, give it to your kids early on, you know, um, start these practices early. You know, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such an easy practice once you kind of get it down and you can, like, you know, when you were on the retreat, like these are herbs, like I make my own veggie stock. I make it once a month. I take a big pot. I take all the scraps from when I've cooked I put it in the pot, cover it with water. And then for the last hour of the simmering, I put a bunch of nutritive herbs in it. And then I literally just freeze it into these like little quart containers and I'll have like 30 of them. And, you know, that's what I put in my soup. So then you're getting these herbs like within your kids' diets. You know, you're going to cook some rice, cook it with these herbs, Um, put some of these remineralizing herbs into that. Um, so there's ways to do it or make little sachets. And if you're going to cook a stew for three hours, throw some of those healing herbs in there, you know, throw some chaga powder. That's great uh, for helping with oxidative stress and long-term stress on the body. 
Yes. Beautiful. Oh my God. There's so much food for thought right now. Uh, for me, I'm like, I'm like, did I do it? Like, I sometimes I'm like, okay, I went too far. <laughs> too no, much. no, not at all. But this is like a whole new world, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. we're so used to hustling. We're so used to just doing, 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 and then finding a quick fix that will, you know, when we're exhausted, will put us back on track. And yeah, we all know that, you know, a quick fix wouldn't, doesn't last, that it doesn't help and Correct. that it just uh, fights the symptoms for a little bit. Yeah. But actually yeah. then we're so stressed out and we're so out of time that we don't spend the time really connecting to what's actually nourishing and what's actually fueling us. Correct. Yeah. And then, you know, um, I think a lot of times it's eventually you get to that chronic state in your mind where you're so stressed that, you know, this becomes almost secondary and you really have to deal with the the chronic issue, which is really that long-term buildup of trauma, um, an emotion you're, you're holding it all, you know, um, I don't know, but if you find yourself that you have, um, chronic issues in like the lungs in that area, uh, that tends to be sadness and trauma and, and really deep trauma, a loss of someone can trigger respiratory issues. Like a lot of our body really is very connected to our mental state, you know? So you starting to have like really big issues with brain fog, you know, that's usually that's your nervous system and your digestive system. And they're, they're very interconnected. You know, one doesn't work properly with, without the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Okay. I have a question, you know, because we're yes. talking about the brain and we're talking about brain fog and we're talking about flow and how, you know, nu- nutrition and food will enhance flow kind of, or, you know, have yeah. a positive effect, uh, on your, uh, flow. So what is your perspective on like microdosing when it comes to performance? Like not, not necessarily physical performance, but, um, when we're talking about brain fog and yeah, that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be honest. Um, I am very mixed on it. (laughs) Um, I think a lot of people are kind of up in the air on it because there's still so much research that needs to be done. Um, And I, I really do uh, appreciate plant medicine. I think it's, there's a lot of science behind it. Um, I think it's, again, we get into these obsessive states where it's, you know, one fits all and it, and it really doesn't. Right. Um, I think you and I briefly touched on, we hear all about everyone's positive experiences, but when someone doesn't have a great experience or nothing really happens, you just kind of don't talk about it. They just kind of disappear. You know, like I've had friends that go and do microdosing or they've done ayahuasca retreats and all this kind of stuff. And they've been like, Oh man, the guy to the right of me, the guy to the left of me, the person in front of me. I'm like, well, what about your experience? Oh, you know, I didn't really get much. You know, It's like, I'm glad you're excited for everybody else, but it, it isn't an, um, one fits all. Um, so with microdosing, I mean, mushrooms in general are more gender neutral, but they tend to take on more of a feminine, um, all encompassing energy. So in a microdose perspective, it's a little different. But what I think we're really talking about is that it is, um, it's not doing like, it's not physically changing you from a cellular perspective, except from a mental to physical state. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's physically like you're just sitting there and you don't have to do anything and like your body just transforms, you know? <laughs> um, it's more that it's the mental side that's actually transforming and creating these results, I, I think, that people are experiencing. I don't think there's enough science right now behind whether or not it's changing it from like a cellular perspective with long-term use. Um, but I think like, if you look at like some athletes that are major athletes that are just like chronically anxious, right? Like think about all the superstitions they all have, right? Like, oh, I have to wear this sock that I haven't cleaned for 20 years. And if I wear this sock, like, you know, these, these are things that get into our head and that focus really can cause a lot of stress. Um, you know, the mind starts to wander and go in different directions and you can't hyper-focus. I think more what microdosing is kind of almost kind of creating more of a present and alert attention and really um, directing that attention into, you know, you're really con- like hyper-concentrated. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that's really more of what it's doing um, in the microdosing for when you're doing it for athletic reasons. Um, I think they've seen, you know, first of all, it's banned. Most of these like LSD and all that kind of stuff has been banned from sports. But, um, you know, I mean, there are there's I, I was looking into it a while ago or a little bit ago. And um, it used, athletes used to use it like in the Olympics to like mm. stimulate themselves. It was like it was I think it got banned in like the 60s. But basically it was, it was, it's a stimulant and it was like very, it just kind of created alertness. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not worried about everything else that's going on, you can be the best version of whatever it is that you need to get done right then and there. It's like when you're focusing on like all of a sudden you're like on a project and you're like, oh my gosh, I just knocked that out in two hours. Whereas like other days, you know, you're wandering around the house. You're like, oh, I should clean this. Oh, I should do this. Oh, you know what? The cat probably needs to be pet. Like whatever it is, you come up with a million things and then nothing really feels like it gets done. And then that becomes a bigger, darker hole you go into. It's the same thing when you're just, you know, you're an athlete and you're trying to hyper-focus on doing one thing, but your brain's everywhere else, you know, you, you get in your own way. I think for trauma, for like chronic issues, um, I think it's fantastic. I think um, people that, like I was saying, people that have just gotten to the point, they've just started. They haven't even really tapped into the trauma, let's say. You know, we haven't even gotten to the fact that this is like, you know, a lot of their emotional state comes from when they were like three three years old, you know? (laughs) Like they haven't gotten there yet and it it just feels helpless and maybe it's almost suicidal or you're really just at a place where you're just not getting out of bed. It's that chronic issue. Um, I do think that it can be very beneficial. Um, I've seen it used and you know, this, this could be controversial, but I've seen and heard of friends that have used it right now is a really hard time to be a teenager, like very confusing time. And kids also don't want to necessarily live to their parents and look to their parents. And, you know, they're not necessarily when they're in that stage um, where, you know, they're already feeling out of place. They already don't know who they are. They're battling this identity issue. And, you know, you're like, oh, let's just take a Nervine and let's talk about your trauma. (laughs) You know, so I've had friends that have had like great success, like with their kids doing you know, um, small amounts of ketamine treatments for them to really connect to what is it that they're truly going through. Um, you know, I, I'm sure that could be controversial, but I think right now there's just, people are trying to see where this fits and how it can heal and how it works in the wellness space. And I think it's like anything, like, I don't think it's all just one answer. I think a lot of times the where I've seen people really succeed with using microdosing or using different types of um, plant medicine, um, is when they are doing the other things as well. So they're starting to change their diet. They're getting, you know, they're doing these treatments guided. They're not just going off and doing them on their own. Um, that can put you into hysteria. And that also can take someone that might be in a chronic state that's not ready to deal with something. And it can really trigger them and almost like throw them off. Um, so again, I think it's just, but a lot of the people with success, it's like, you know, they're eating better, they're going to yoga, they're learning breath work, and they're doing these. It's not just one thing. Um, I think if you're just microdosing, just to microdose, and you, you're hoping that it's going to change your life. Um, <laughs> I, it's, you know, again, there's, it's like, everyone wants this one pill, you know, and it can change you for temporary. But that's why sometimes you see these people and they're like, I do an ayahuasca trip for the last four years every month. And I'm like, Whoa, that's in my perspective, slightly abuse on a very powerful medicine that's supposed to shine some light on something. And you're supposed to go down that journey. And then you're supposed to do the work after that to me is avoidance. And you're not doing the work as much. Um, you shouldn't be doing ayahuasca every month for two years. You know, there comes, there comes a point when that's almost abuse. Abuse of the plant. Of the plant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Someone might be mad at me for that, but (laughs) well, I don't know. It's a very controversial time. Yeah. And it's a very controversial subject topic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because I have friends who microdose. I have friends who go on planned medicine retreats, you know, and it's yeah, whatever, whatever feels good for you, whatever helps you. And, and I really want to connect back to what you said earlier, you know, that you have to connect to the plant. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe also with those kind of retreats, you know, if you've never done ayahuasca, it's maybe how how can you connect to something that you've never done before? Yeah. And I mean, you know, I don't, I always try to, I work more with people on how to deal with um, the nervous system and mental, you know, like stress and so forth um, through different type of plant medicine Mm -hmm. (laughs) and dealing with the trauma. But as far as um, like, I feel like, cause it's not like you can necessarily like just get the plant. I do think you can energetically, you know, connect to, I'm like, I'm like trying to figure out, I'm like, hold on. I'm trying to wrap my head around this one. Um, I think one is really understanding more than anything than it is with that, with these plants in particular, because it's like most of the stuff, ayahuasca, San Pedro, this isn't going to be things that you just have at your fingertips and you can connect with the plant and put, you know, it's, it's a little bit more out of reach. I do know some people would say that you can, you can tap into the plant, but like, we're talking about like baseline, like you have done none of this kind of stuff before. Um, I would say that more just get to know what the plants energetics are. Mm -hmm. Um, and understand that. So I think we briefly talked about learning, like what's a masculine and feminine plant and how does a masculine plant, um, feel when you are being taken over by it? Or how does a feminine plant feel? I know when people are super stressed and gone crazy and kind of maybe like are the, you know, especially more obsessive compulsive, um, maybe you don't like to spiral. You need to feel like you're in control of whatever journey you're going on, something that's a feminine plant like ayahuasca um, can be a little too much. And it can't, it sometimes isn't the right plant medicine for you. I kind of think of it as the mother. So it's very all encompassing. She takes over. You are literally the passenger on this ride and you are just going to sit there like in your body, you know, Mm -hmm. and she is going to do all the work. Uh, mushrooms can kind of be like that when you do a certain quantity, they're very all encompassing, which can actually make people go kind of crazy. Um, you know, San Pedro is more of a masculine plant. So they say that it's like more of like a guide on your shoulder, taking you on a journey. So someone that might be a little bit more obsessive or just like kind of over, like really, really scared. Um, you just, you know, it's, it could be its own energy that you like, you're like, I just kind of want to participate, but like, I don't need you to just like hide me from this. You know, I want to be involved. Um, and so I think that's the biggest thing is not just being like, I want to do ayahuasca because it's a sacred medicine and all these, my friend Joe had a great experience and he was an overworked business person. And I'm an overworked business person because we all have different personalities and we all have different traumas and we digest differently. One person can, I digest trauma by like, swallowing it and holding it. (laughs) Someone else is like, you know, those fire personalities you see where they just like kind of look red in the face and they kind of blow up at you. Like that's, you know, we all handle it differently. So you can't assume that plant, every plant is going to be for you. Like I was saying, learning plant personalities, I think is, should be your first journey. Um, a little harder, especially if you've never done like a plant sit, if you don't even have access to the plant, you don't really know what the plant looks like. You don't know how to kind of tap into that plant. You know, um, I think the best way is to really do your research on it. Um, and how does it energetically work in the body opposed to just going off of like, well, I'm going to throw up a lot and then I'm going to like meet my inner child and I'm going to talk to my old grandfather. That was really, you know, like this whole story you're going to come up with, but you, that plant, you know, that plant doesn't owe you anything. You need to find out what that plant has to offer. It's like any relationship, you know, and see if it's right for you. Oh, I love that. I, again, making the connection to the plant and, you know, Mm -hmm. like building a relationship, seeing what the plant wants to give. So yeah, this, this is beautiful. And not just, I want to take this. No, maybe the plant has something more beautiful to offer for you if you let Mm -hmm. it. And I think right now is a beautiful time. I don't, I'm I'm not very familiar with astrology or you know planetary calculations, oh, yeah. but um, what I hear and what I feel is this energy of 
yeah, kind of like spring, you know, breaking open and um, and blossoming and just, yeah, and yeah. receiving as well. Yeah, like a season it of is. receiving. It's um, especially right now, and especially like because we're about you know we're about to get into that summer energy. I don't know if Colorado ever will. Um, <laughs> like, like it just snowed yesterday. I was like, what's happening? Um, but it's like that surge of energy you know, that new kind of like almost rebirth, you're excited. Like, you know, everyone like spring comes like, I love spring. Cause it's like, everyone's like, Ooh, let's bring out the bikes. You know, summer comes like midsummer and you're like, Oh, like, I, you know, you've been on your bike like once the, the, like, you know, after that first spring energy, but it's like, go out because of that spring energy, utilize that newness. That's why in spring is the best time to do a cleanse. Because you have this almost like surge, this rebirth, like, ooh, like I'm ready to like see the sun and, you know, bring in the light and look at the flowers. And I all of a sudden now want to be a gardener, you know, whatever it is. So it's a really good time to start these practices. Um, it's, it, in my opinion, it's like the best time to start these practices because then the other seasons, you know, we get into the summer where things get really hot and, um, we kind of, you know, we're getting over like the sun and we, you know, it's just like every, I love fall and spring. Cause I just think they're both like these energy surges. There's just so much like happening and growing and coming to life. And then fall, like things are just shifting really quickly and changing and kind of like regrowth and it's just, it's really beautiful. These in-between seasons. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So yeah. finally, mm -hmm. what, what is your, like a simple, I know we talked about so many things and so many tips and hints and tricks, <laughs> but I'm like, okay, digestive system, nervine system in 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> oh, we went further. Hour. We went far, uh, mm -hmm. more than 20 minutes already. But no, we went an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So Finally, uh, what is your, like a simple tip, a simple recipe that you can share with our audience that is promoting, you know, positive flow, a positive tone for the body that is you know, through nutrition, which is easily done? Um, I would say this is a really good time. I mean, like I'm a big advocate of this, like start with your morning um, and really starting with broths. Like I'm a big stock and broth person um, and I think it's a great way to get your nutrients. I think it's a really simple practice. So it shouldn't take a lot of time. You know, it doesn't take a lot of time to put together a blend, which I'll give you kind of like, I'll rattle off a nice little blend. Um, but, you know, put together a blend and put a quarter cup, put some hot liquid in it and put it in your fridge, you know? So I could tell you a million recipes. I can tell you, you know, if you're a smoothie person, Maybe then you're going to take this blend instead. You don't need to add the carrot and the garlic and the onion. Keep those out. Do the same thing. Brew this into some hot water. Steep it overnight in the fridge and then put it in your smoothie. You know, that way you're kind of adding, like take a practice that you're already doing or something that's easy to replace and put your herbs there. Um, if I'm doing stuff like chaga, like, or and someone's a big coffee drinker, I will get dandy blend, which is really great with helping with, um, li uh, liver health. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, and especially in the spring, right? Like draining out that excess fluid, um, really great for boosting the digestive system. So I'll actually, if I know I can get someone to do dandy blend, which for those that don't know, almost has like a coffee chocolate flavor to it. Um, it's so good. I take like a huge tablespoon and then I like steam some milk, like vegan, vegan milk, like almond milk, and then uh, whisk it in. And then if I really want some coffee or if you're trying to get off coffee, do less coffee, do like half a cup of the coffee that you normally would. And that's a good way to start weaning it off, but I'll put some herbs in there. So I'll get some like chaga powder, you know, I'll get um, some maybe reishi or lion's mane to help with the, the brain nervous, nervous, nervous system. Um, or central nervous system. And, um, that's a great way to kind of add, I know you said one, but I feel like you have to kind of figure out what your practice is. You know, yeah. if you're a big oatmeal drinker, do a savory oatmeal, make this broth and then strain this into your oatmeal in the morning. And there you go. It's just finding a way to incorporate first thing in the morning. I think that's where most people have control. And I would say like a really good baseline blend for those, um, really struggling with adrenal fatigue, maybe like some gut stagnation, 
um, or, you know, bloating and things like that. Um, I guess one that I would say for this nutritive perspective would be a blend of raspberry leaf, nettles, oat straw, lemon balm. You could do oat straw and milky oats or just oat straw or just milky oats, either one. Um, lemon balm and then go to cola. And to me, and then fennel for the digestive system. But to me, that's like a really nice kind of digestive blend. I'd put dandelion root in it um, as well if you're having some stagnation or issues with your liver, bogged down liver. Um, but I mean, there's a million formulas, but that's just a really nice kind of nutritive um, and digestive, like, you know, supportive um, blend. And it's also going to get you a lot of the nutrients you tend to deplete when you are adrenally fatigued. And then if you're going savory, add some dried carrot and dried onion and garlic. If you're going sweet, just kind of avoid it and then just put it in your smoothie or whatever it is that you blend up in the morning. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you so, 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 so much. So for our audience, for our listeners right now, in the caption below, uh, you will find all the links to, um, yeah, to reach Nikki, to have, yeah to see what she's up to. And yeah. So Nikki, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for all of your knowledge and your wisdom. And yes, I'm going to do my broth again. This really, really inspired me. And I'm so glad you're doing dandy blend. Yes. Oh, this is, I, just... I completely, yeah, I completely weaned off of coffee. I'm, yeah. I'm not, no caffeine at all. And I'm so awake i'm so energetic energized i don't know what it does yeah. you know but it does does that <laughs> yeah well and it's it's stimulating but also it's you know i mean caffeine takes energy yeah <laughs> it doesn't really build energy so yeah. you know if anything trying to at least minimize all that caffeine or coffee at least you know switch to matcha if you really can't give it up yeah. some people are like no <laughs> I need caffeine. Or I need my coffee. I'm like, okay, fine. Can we get to matcha? <laughs> the negotiation process. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So well, thank you so, 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 so much. This was so fun and so informative. Yes. And so, yes, really cool. Everything that I hope for. Well, and thank you for having me. This was really enjoyable. I love talking about this stuff. So I'm sure we could make this into a two hour podcast. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> yeah. All right, to be continued. And that's it. That's it for today. I hope you enjoyed our dive into herbs, the gut, the nervous system, and how to take proper care of your body. Thank you for joining us on this journey, and I look forward to exploring more fascinating topics with you in our future episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to stay updated on our latest episodes. If you have any questions or suggestions, please feel free to reach out either through Instagram at moving underscore river or via email bea at superwoman.coach. If you like what you heard, then come back next week and subscribe or write us a cool review. I'm grateful for you. Until next time, keep exploring, keep learning, keep growing and keep flowing. <laughs>